Hi, I'm Stuart and welcome to our podcast, The More You Know. Our podcast will be looking into how the manufacture of semiconductors interacts with our everyday life. So welcome back to our podcast, The More You Know. And normally we have very special guests, but today I'd like to say we've got an extraordinarily special guest, Pam Babetto from Action Net Zero. Pam, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for that very glowing introduction. Yes, I'm Pam Barbato, founder of Action Net Zero. Um, but previously, uh, my background has been 25 years in brand engagement and sustainability communication. Um, so yes, Action Net Zero, our whole purpose is around accelerating sustainable switches on a community level. So we're focused on individuals, businesses, and also supporting community groups too. Ah, that's good. So um, and I think I have to confess now, Pam and I have known each other for a little bit longer than our time with Action Net Zero. But so what is Action Net Zero? Yeah, uh, Action Net Zero, we are, our purpose is to help support the acceleration of sustainable change. And we do that on a community level. So for us, it's all about actually what people can do today, tomorrow. So it's using proven technologies um, to be able to reduce consumption, um, obviously carbon emissions and consumption. Um, and the reason for that ultimately is for us, we know that 60% of carbon emissions need to happen from SMEs to so small to medium size organisations and from individuals in the next 15 years. Um, but we know speaking to people uh, out in the, our communities, whether that's businesses or individuals or indeed community groups, that actually there's a lot of people who think that the change is going to be driven predominantly by um, corporates and also mm. by the government. Um, so really for us, the whole purpose is to say, you know, we all have to play our part. So we're here to support that as much as we can big world out there how could an individual like me or you or someone walking down the street at the moment it's quite intimidating so what kind of tools does action net zero look to give to so, the individual absolutely so we're it says it in the name we're all about what can we do today so if we we tend to start with the engagement piece which is actually communicating with people to give context and i think that's about a lot of people fear sustainable change for all the reasons that we know. You know, if we're being told that we can't do this and we can't do that, it doesn't necessarily engage people. So the core focus for us is to have that conversation, which is the reality is we need to reduce carbon emissions um, globally by 50 percent. Actually, if you take that on a personal basis, mm -hmm. that and you then understand that transport alone in the UK is roughly 24% of carbon emissions, and then energy is another 20%. If we all focused on reducing our own emissions by 50%, we'd be pretty much there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we can break that down on an individual basis and just say, okay, so how might you be able to do that at home? Do you have two cars? Are they petrol or diesel cars? Could you I've drop got a down? diesel car. I'm feeling guilty now, Pam. No. I'm feeling guilty. No, and again, ours isn't about judgment. And I think this mm. is, sustainability is a journey and it's a really complex one. So we do a lot of, we do a lot of quizzes um, in some of our engagement mm. workshops. And those are, you know, what's more sustainable, cycling on an electric bike or cycling on a pedal bike? Mm. And a lot of people will say, well, a pedal bike, of course, but actually then we contextualize it and say it's not because quite often the food that you are consuming to be able to generate the energy to pedal that bike <laughs> is less sustainable unless you're a vegan and you buy only local produce and do all of those great yeah. things um, than uh, uh, using renewable electric to charge a bike. The bicycle thing. Now I am feeling guilty because I am a cyclist and I never really thought I... It, 
We're not saying cyclists are unsustainable. We're just yeah. saying the EV part of it is actually even more sustainable. So yeah. both are good. I think all we're saying is it's really complicated. So um, what we need to do is take what we're advocating is, is that whether you're an individual, you're a community group, you're an organization, if we start to think about how we behave through a sustainability lens, mm. that actually changes the decisions that we make. Yeah. Um, and because it is really complex, we're all about saying, what could you do today and tomorrow that's based on tech that's proven or proven um, processes that enable you to reduce those carbon emissions? Also, we're very much focused on uh, triple bottom line principles. So that's both people, planet and profit. So although our name is Action Net Zero, and that's just because we feel that focusing on that target actually is quite a big imperative for a lot of organisations and individuals. But actually the biodiversity piece, you know, uh, the, the ecological climate um, agenda, the crisis is as much um, an issue as well. So us is just about those nudges. What could we all do today, tomorrow, next month, next, next year um, that will enable us to reduce our emissions with the objective being let's try and get to that 50% mark, reduce it by 50%. Would you say that's your vision then for Action Net Zero? Or is there... Our vision's a bit more lofty than that. Our yeah. vision ultimately is um, people, communities in particular, as I mentioned, we are very much focused on regional community action. And I think that's that's born out of um, yeah, a lot of behavioural science, which is if you know that your friends and your neighbours are doing something, you're more likely to do it. So if you can really focus on uh, yeah local community action, that can be quite a powerful inspiration for others. Um, but yeah, no, the vision ultimately is where we're in balance with the mm. world, the natural world. So that's about taking responsibility for the negative things that we do and making sure that we're really focused on um, yeah, balancing those out and not necessarily through offsetting. Mm. Have you got a good example where Action Net Zero has helped enable that community activities? Yeah, so uh, last year we focused on a transport campaign initiative which was focused in Bristol and that was ahead of the clean air zone and uh, our focus there was to say how can we decarbonise transport and how can we support people to make greener switches, greener, cleaner switches. So we always think about the backdrop of air pollution as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the emerging areas that came out of that campaign, which I think we were really excited about, um, Action Net Zero is all about how can we address where the issues are and then collaboratively come up mm -hmm. with solutions and then come up with solutions that can be scaled so that we can then take those to other regions. All oh, right, okay. That, yeah. I was just so wondering what you meant by scaled. Yeah. yeah, duplicated. So as an example of that, um, we identified one of the biggest barriers for transitioning to electric vehicles on a, from a community perspective is lack of charging infrastructure. And we know that's being addressed from clearly a government perspective and a local authority perspective, you know, rapid charging networks. We've got GridServe who are superhighway networks. But that so all... What's a superhighway network? So that's, it's brilliant. They've just started doing it. So if you imagine at the moment we go to motorway services mm -hmm. and they, of course, have shops. And They're in the news a lot at the moment, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, like they are. And they have got obviously petrol stations. Mm. Well, imagine, um, and there's one over in Braintree in Essex, which mm. is amazing. Uh, you arrive and it's all EV charging. So you'd mm. come into a forecourt and all it is is EV charging. But then like the um, motorway services, you get out of your car, you charge your car, and then you walk into a separate area and that's got your W.A. Smiths and your other um, concession There is shops. other shops available. Yeah. And the <laughs> working hubs. And yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all, um, yeah I won't realize I feel like the, the BBC now, don't I? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Please don't promote any one organisation. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. They're, but they're amazing. But they've got and they serve a purpose. That's um, that's en route charging. Yeah. Uh, there's also the concept of what's called base charging. Base charging is having the ability to charge your car at home 
or at work. So like Edwards, you are um, being a progressive employer. You are mm. putting a lot of electric vehicle charging at work, which is fantastic because that will encourage people to transition. Mm. Um, and then, of course, at home is another key area. So what we identified is at home, there are over 50% of the population who don't have driveways. Yeah. And that's a real uh, that's a real blocker for people to transition. Mm -hmm. So collaboratively coming out of our campaign, we um, looked at how you could put EV charging into community venues. Yeah. So whether that's sports grounds or community halls, and that would just be one or two chargers that could be used by local residents overnight and that they would be charged an equitable amount. As you, again, one of the one of the bugbears for lots of people who don't have driveways and therefore can't charge their electric car at night is the fact that they're paying a premium because they have to use public electric chargers and that costs more. So they're almost getting hit twice. They don't have the facility to have convenient charging yeah. at home and then they have to pay extra. So our solution actually is about saying, okay, they have to you know, maybe pop around the corner and, and go to that local community center, but at least the cost of that charging is not going to be the equivalent of a rapid charger that's in town, which has a great purpose, but not for people who you know want to be able to transition and transition soon. You've just went into discussion about the, the vision of Action Net Zero. How do you actually, how do you do that? What, what's the, the main activities you've got to do? So uh, it's taken us a while to work that out. Um, where the two core opportunities for working with Action Net Zero are one is around the communications piece, so mm. authentic communication and being able to engage and then connect with delivery partners. So when we talk about delivery partners, we mean um, solution providers. So whether that's uh, salary sacrifice partners, whether that's EV charging infrastructure partners, mm. renewable energy, that there is a trusted partnership network that's available because as we know one of the critical issues is greenwash mm. um, and there's some great research out there that shows that what's happening at the moment is people don't know what actions to take and they're actually nervous and especially yeah. in as a small organization as well what happens if i go with that company and and they're not as green as they should be yeah, and actually that's what that's happening thing, yeah. is making people not do anything in so, fact at edwards we've just introduced we've had for a long time the salary sacrifice yeah. with their bicycles yeah. and uh, we've just introduced um with the ev cars um for um you know that that salary sacrifice on the ev cars could you explain what the salary sacrifice is even although i'm in it i'm not always 100 no, percent sure i understand how it all works so it's a great initiative and it's born from the government which is how can we incentivize people to transition to electric vehicles so the incentive from from the government is to have a cost effective way for employers to provide a leased car to employees mm. and provide those employees with tax incentives to do so. Mm. So simply speaking, you can lease a car and you can lease it based on your gross salary rather than on your net salary. Right. So there's cost effective. And so whether you're on a 20% tax band or a 40% tax band, you will get um, a favorable tax incentive to be able to lease the car before you pay any tax. In every podcast we do, the accountants always get back into our podcast. <laughs> like one way or another um the barriers are the big barriers do you feel like you no know, is, is when action net zero are trying to break down these barriers yeah. we were talking about earlier yeah so well, one for us is a just transition so mm -hmm. i mentioned before although we're action net zero and that kind of implies carbon only but it's not we are focused on both 
financial sustainability, but also social sustainability. Social sustainability mean? Ensuring that when we are transitioning and reducing our carbon emissions, that we are very cognizant, aware of the impacts from a social perspective. So is it fair? Is it just? Mm. We think about the turbulence in the energy market and obviously um, the energy crisis and the impact that is having on those that are on lower incomes. I mean, Mm. it, it it is a really, really hard situation for many at the moment. So for us, it's saying those those individuals, clearly, from an Action at Zero perspective, we need to support wherever possible. As an example, we're working with charities at the moment. Mm-hmm. Charities provide to the NHS. The NHS requires sustainability metrics. So those charities need to be able to, to tick those metrics effectively, i.e. show that they're decarbonizing. Yeah. Um, they need support to do that. And because they don't necessarily have the time or the budgets that bigger organizations might do, they're third sector, clearly. So we are focused on, as an example, saying, right, if you were going to implement a salary sacrifice scheme, EV scheme, into a charity, there are a lot of members of that charity that might not be on a high enough income. That means that they can transition effectively. So we're actually working at board level with some of those charities to say, how can we start to to look at the rewards and the incentives that you as an organization provide, say, nurse specialists in a hospice, so that you can look at an electric vehicle as being part of a package for a particular employee, a cohort of employees, Mm -hmm. that not only reduces your carbon emissions, it also clearly improves the air quality of the communities that you serve and also is just and equitable so that they feel that they are able to transition to an electric vehicle and not be penalised because they're on a lower salary and so therefore it's more affordable. So that's about that organisation looking at forward planning and saying that will also help us because it might enable us to attract more staff and we know that the staff recruitment piece at the moment is hugely challenging for every organization you know how can we attract talent and staff into our organization and actually being progressive um, in sustainability might well be a way yeah so that's what we mean by the just transition um, and we obviously at action at zero are only doing things on quite a micro level but we support one charity we're then able to amplify that and to mobilize that across the other charities within that region to say we know what's worked we know what hasn't worked we know where the sticking points are um so it's, it's a slowish process but what we're able to do is work con- in a consultative way with those those industries and those sectors to really understand where their sticking points are help and support them um and then as i said to create that model that enables others just to say great okay well we want to follow that and and do the same that's really good so uh, have you got any other examples of the activities that i suppose it's still about breaking down barriers so um yeah there's a number so i mentioned the charity model and mm. the community ev uh, charging model and we're now working on some um, built environment models which is where we're saying how might we be able to support businesses in particular um accelerate their transition to producing their own renewable energy mm-hmm. which is quite exciting because that's looking at tech that's looking at yeah. uh, you know how do we have ev cars as batteries working with storage units working with wind power or solar panels and then how that might be shared um, so that there is a, a really strong commercial model as well so yeah that's where those models are really about trying to save time and money so that we're able to then scale that um, that particular model to those organizations that are relevant across across the regions that we're talking to 
How do you see organisations such as Edwards, who work closely with you, Action Net Zero, how, how do you see organisations playing a part in that aspect of the examples, but on the bigger role as well? So our ask of our corporate partners like yourselves and yeah, the TLTs and um, yeah, a number of our other partners, the of core pieces, of course, is around funding. You know, mm. we're our community interest company, which mm. means that we need to generate our own com- um, our own income. And so the model that we have is corporate partnership mm. um, revenue, but also af- affiliate revenue. So we generate revenue um, through our affiliate partners. So obviously those charging infrastructure yep. organizations. Um, one of the key aspects, though, is around the subject matter experts expertise that Mm -hmm. you as an organization bring to the table so um, in your instance clearly thinking about abatement and toxic pollutants and the impact that that has on the atmosphere and how it's incredibly important that every manufacturing company is really thinking about those pollutants you know this is your area of expertise not mine (laughs) (laughs) totally but being able to bring that expertise into those conversations because uh as we know tlt another example how can a law firm actually support the changes that are going to have to be made to be able to meet the sustainability challenges that we know are faced as an example tlt have set up an action net zero helpline for those community halls or Mm -hmm. for landlords who have concerns over perhaps putting a charger that might be shared into their um, actual residence or having conversations with their landlord so there's there's complexity in in change and so i think part of our request for corporates is to come to us not only from a supportive and wanting to be part of the solution, uh, but is also that they are able to share their expertise and and clearly that that can be brought into the mix too. So I'm seeing a picture painted now of supporting the individual and supporting and organisations coming in. How does... Um, how does local government and then therefore national government, what's their role to play in all of this? So for me, it's a fascinating piece of the jigsaw um, because it's such a critical piece, of course, as we know. So if we go back, we as the UK have committed to net zero by 2050. Mm-hmm. The government is supporting cities uh, by providing funding. So that's funding that is being supporting down to unitary, so local authorities. Yeah. And then of course we have a great opportunity around um, combined authorities as well. So while you have those metro mayors that are in place, that provides an opportunity for those particular cities, and most of them have declared a net zero by 2030. So what they're saying is as a city, and that's taking into context all of the built environment, the infrastructure of that city. So that's, and therefore their target is 2030. So of course they have their own strategies, they have their own plans, and that's everything from mass transit systems um, to district heat network systems, which are fantastic, and they will clearly deliver big cuts but as we identified everyone's got to play their part mm. so the relationship with those local authorities from an action at zero perspective i think is about is, is exactly that it's a partnership and a collaborative because to deliver on those targets we have to be aligned and there has to be that partnership piece so for me it's a really exciting part of of the jigsaw uh, because it enables um almost systems change really it's you know politically 
climate change needs to uh, yeah, to work with those corporates and those NGOs and all of the great organisations to deliver that change. So it's, it's a meeting around a central challenge, which I think is provides a lot of opportunities, not least in terms of green, green economy. Yeah, it does seem to be a thing at the moment. There's, there seems to be a will coming from organisations, from the consumer, us, yeah. and from the political side. It's, it's almost like bipartisan. Everyone realises yeah. they're going to have to work together. Is that is that well, what you found with Action Net Zero as you've gone through? Uh, we have a very strong principle, which is that climate crisis should be politically agnostic. Mm. Yeah, it's it's way beyond a political system. But there are political systems at play, as we well know. So yeah. that, I think, is always going to be the backdrop. Um, where we would love to be able to be is exactly that, is is to drive change with the support of the political system, knowing that actually the climate crisis requires, as I said, everyone to work together. Uh, but that's about also creating blueprints for success. So mm. again, our, th- our, our one of our core principles is, is do it and share it. So see where those barriers yeah. exist, collaboratively break down the barriers, and then wherever possible, then enable those um, new models to, to be shared. So that's that's an interesting that. point because obviously Edwards itself is a global company. Yeah. And we have, um, you know, nearly every region where we make semiconductors, which goes into all the products that we all use as consumers. So are you saying this template we could potentially be successful not just here in the southwest of England, but that template could be transferred nationally and internationally? So I think if it was adopted by uh, that collaborative partnership, as we mentioned, so corporates, the Edwards of the world, the the local and and, uh, combined authorities, and then there was impact metrics, and that clearly was a a success, then absolutely. Because whilst the political framework might be very different in America, some of the drivers might be different, the fundamental barriers to, to being able to transition or to decarbonize are going to be pretty much the same and I think as you identified being able to to break down some of those political barriers perhaps Mm. um, and show that the climate crisis needs to have that collaborative approach because that's the way change will happen that's the opportunity. Um, Interestingly in this podcast I think Pam you had a question maybe um, where Edwards fits in with Action Net Zero and I think you've reversed this podcast round where I'm now being interviewed and I, I think it's a simple aspect of Edwards as part of the supply chain, whether we're talking about our environmental sustainability uh, at the consumer end and, you know, breaking down these barriers, we're part of that supply chain, the manufacturer of the microchip semiconductor, which is in everything. So it's important as part of um, for the fear of going back to our scope one, two and three of our science-based target initiatives um, and our measurement is that part of that supply chain has to play its part. So Edwards is further upstream um, of that supply chain, but I think it's really important and that's why the aspects of Action Net Zero helps us meet our environmental sustainability targets and our customers. And it's fascinating because, of course, we know there is a chip shortage at the moment. Oh, I knew you would bring in the chip shortage part of that, that, that point, but yeah. I think the reason is, for me, one of the really important pieces of sustainability is is to ensure that the amount that we are encouraging people to switch, so that's what we do, mm. can be matched to people being able to actually have those switches delivered. Let's use electric cars and it as an yep. example and we know that there's a real shortage at the moment so thinking about the role of chip manufacturing within that supply 
chain piece? What do you think are the biggest challenges for you moving forward to be able to support? I don't. I, I think I don't think it's going to be. I think you know we've just came out of a pandemic, so there's always been a challenge about supply chains and and things like. But I think ultimately the semiconductor industry will will adjust and it'll meet these demands, and and it'll do it quite quickly, probably uniquely to other industries. But I think what's really important as we invest more is part of that supply chain. And that goes right through the supply chain from the people who supply to Edwards and who we supply to do it sustainably with the environment in mind is that you could invest in big factories all the way down the supply chain and you could deliver quicker, You could, but we have to keep it environmentally uh, green. And I think that's why coming back to the activities action net zero, it allows us to shine a light or as we jokingly say a renewable light yeah. on um, the activities that also happen and the delivery of to you know our environmental solutions from the solar panels to our wind turbines to our EV chargers to all that sort of thing. I think we see more and more as we, 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 we have these discussions and open up there's still that three things that come round is us the consumer the organisation like Edwards or uh, the, you know, the manufacturing companies or the industrial companies or or even TLT, we were talking about yeah. the legal side of it, and the national politics or the politics in general all need to come together to do this. If I was to ask you um, to look five years out, what would success look for Action Net Zero? Uh, for us at the moment would be to be able to have shown that the input that we have had across the Southwest in being able to address one of the biggest challenges that we see at the moment, which is the Southwest's renewable energy usage um, is much lower than it should be. So it's mm. currently sort of 11% renewable energy usage in the Southwest. So that's nine, just under 90% of energy is fossil fuel consumed. Uh, which is not a good statistic, bearing in mind, if we look from a UK perspective, we know the national grid um, and it changes daily, obviously weekly, but in places we have an overall over 50% renewable energy generation. So where we need to get from a Southwest perspective um, and any region, of course, as you as mm. you well know, is that the renewable energy usage is much, much higher than that. Yep. And the reason for that is organizations like yourselves and also cities have committed to targets which show that renewable energy um, is going to be way higher than that. So mm. what we need to be able to do is work together. So what does success look like for us? Actually, in five years time is to look back and say, we were able to accelerate the transition to using, so buying and use mm -hmm. of renewable energies across the Southwest by doing ABC. Our audience listening in today, what are the kind of key takeaways they should take from our discussion today? For anybody, whether that's from an individual perspective or indeed with a work kind of hat on, um, our takeaways would be to think about everything that you do with sustainability in the background. And that's just because I think when you open your mind to thinking about the impacts from a from a world natural world perspective, it does make you change some of your decisions. So you know, if you've got two cars, do you really need two cars? Could you go down to one car? You know, if you are working from home a couple of days a week, and you're going commuting there for only three, could you pop on a bus perhaps for one of them, or could you get on an electric bike, or could you get on a train? And if you start thinking slightly differently. 
about how you go about your daily lives. I think that ultimately will drive that 50% reduction. So that's the first thing, think differently. Second thing I think would be about use your voice. So one of the most complex areas of sustainability is is people knowing the right information. There's a lot of myths out there that mm. need to be broken down. So on a community level, for us, it's back to those powerful conversations that you can have in the pub, you know, or yeah, we like the bingo pub. or we go the to supermarket the pub. or wherever yeah. <laughs> in the back garden. Is actually, if you share the information, then we start to collectively break down the myths. Mm -hmm. um, and then if we can break the myths down, then I think that will enable a lot more people to uh, accelerate or to transition quickly. So I think that second point is really important. Share uh, use your voice, and if if you yeah, if you have a complaint or you know again go and complain to your MP. You know, there's really mm. great ways of being able to to change things. So uh, I think that would probably be my second second takeaway. Okay, so think different and share sounds good to me. I, I think from from my point of view, and I, I think as Edward's organisation, we're really proud to be on this journey with Action Net Zero, and it's great to be partnering up with such a. Uh, uh, the activities that are really looking to change the way of the lives of people and particularly at the moment in the southwest of England. Pam, thanks for coming along today. It's been really great and a great insight into what we could do to as individuals, as organisations and hopefully our politicians to change the way we do things now for things for the better. Thanks. Well, thank you and thank you for having me and also just the support that Edwards um, give in terms of uh, our current campaign. As you know, mm. we have the Renewable Energy uh, 2022 campaign that will be going live soon and that's all about supporting people to think differently about how they buy and use energy. So yes, excited to be able to work with you on that. I like that last one, think different. That sounds like a unique campaign we could run, though. <laughs> <though. laughs> yes, Pam. it's about taking control, isn't it? There we go. There's, a, there's an insight. <laughs> Thanks, Pam. Thank you. Thank you.